0: to a special edition of our show, Herstory on the Rocks with Katie and Allie. Normally it would just be Allie and I hanging out in the studio talking about famous women in history with a few drinks, but sometimes we like to talk to women who are currently making history or writing about it.
1: We have a very special guest here with us today, Claire
2: Griffin. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Happy to be here.
1: Claire has been an educator for all of her professional career, both K through 12 and higher ed, which is awesome because that's what I do. (laughs) And she's an author of a YA novel, Nowhere to Run. And we've invited her on the show to talk about her new
2: book, The Rebellious Woman. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Well, you covered some of it. And I I think I'd like to say, what are some of the things that attracted me to writing about Belle? I discovered her about, I've actually been researching her since 2005. So really a long time. And the more I found out about her, the more interested I became. She is sort of well known as being briefly a, a teenage spy for the confederacy and this is uh what people know about her and what they seem to be most interested in but as i began to research her i realized that her later life is so much more interesting <laughs> and when i was thinking about writing about her i thought i would write about her for uh young people cuz that's the writing i had been doing but as i got more into her life and her her multiple divorces and her multiple marriages and the fact that she spent time in an insane asylum, uh, you know, that she carried a pistol uh, and started a knife fight in a Confederate camp. I mean, this was a woman who was breaking every rule. And I thought that to do her life justice, which I wanted to do, that it would be much better to write about her for adults. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And what a great read. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, we're so excited. I'm so anxious
2: to hear what you think about her.
0: (laughs) Well, we can't wait to get into this book. But before we do that, Allie has made us a cocktail tonight that we are going to introduce. Allie, can you tell us what we're drinking? Yeah, so we're drinking a
1: Rebellious Woman, and I made this based off of a mint julep, but I added some things to it. So it is bourbon and simple syrup and nine sprigs of mint and a kick of cranberry cocktail
2: over crushed ice. Hmm.
1: Cheers and sounds
2: wonderful, and I love the fact that there's a cocktail named after a <laughs> rebellious woman. That is very cool. We'll send you the recipe and the pictures and all that stuff. Oh, I would love that. That's so fun. <laughs> so I did a little research for my cocktail mm-hmm. and um, realized cocktails have been around since about the 1800s, and uh, mint julep was one of the earliest ones as a. <laughs> um southern woman bell was born in virginia um you know that sort of seemed fitting however during her time period and this is something that we will be wanting to talk about um women were not permitted to drink cocktails cocktails were for men and uh at the most she might have been permitted to have a small glass of wine on a special occasion usually at home rather than out um so i am drinking a um uh a glass of port and a very pretty glass that she would have loved because she loved beautiful things. And there's a lot of gold on the rim of this glass, so that's what I've got in my hand. But oh, yours sounds, sounds very good, and I yeah. love so the <laughs> recipe. <laughs>
1: Yeah, um, and I think that's a great place to start. You started your book by setting the scene by having these social etiquette examples in the front for women of that time period. And one of them about the wine was if somebody offers you wine with dinner, you'll pick it up and sip it, but you won't actually drink it. You'll just put the wine to your lips and set it back down. So, can you tell us a little bit about what life was like for women in America pre, during, and post the Civil
2: War period? Sure, this was there was a lot of research that went into the book, and some of it had to do with Bell, but a lot of it had to do with her time period. It was astonishing the rules that there were for women. I, you know, my book opens with a couple pages of etiquette, but I pulled those etiquette rules from, you know, books of etiquette that were like 400 pages long. I mean, just full of things that you couldn't do. You were supposed to sit a certain way. You know, you weren't, if you walked into a room where a man was alone and you were alone, you were supposed to turn around and walk back out. The the rules were astonishing. And she, she broke all the rules. Women were supposed to be well-behaved wives and mothers. And, um, She was married three times, obviously not a well-behaved wife, and and she had several children, and she was also a terrible mother. She wanted freedom. She wanted to do what she wanted, and um, freedom was not permitted. Women wore lots of clothes. There were all these rules of etiquette, and um, she was interested in um, doing what she wanted to do.
0: Hmm. You also say that she was a woman who didn't like to be told no. (laughs) Yes. Did this make her kind of a pariah in society? Did people want to stay away from her or people interested in getting to know her?
2: She had different effects on men and women. She was uh, not beautiful, but she had this incredible figure to hear the the people of the day make reference to a woman's body without actually using those words is kind of hysterical. But clearly, you know, she was very voluptuous and she was also uninhibited, which men were not used to. And they found it very attractive. Women, on the other hand, couldn't stand her. A young woman diarist at the time refers to her as the fastest girl in Virginia. And this was not a compliment (laughs) So, um, yeah, I mean, she was conspicuous in the way that she, uh, broke rules and she didn't care.
1: And I mean, I was grabbed by your book immediately because the prologue is set in Baltimore, Maryland, which is where we were born <laughs> and raised and currently oh, living. yeah. <laughs> so that was fun. But, you know, I was looking into Belle and like her background and it looked to me like she shot somebody for using offensive language against her and her mother, and this
2: led her into being like a teenage spy? Is that the situation? Uh, It was a little more complicated than that. Uh, It was in the very early uh, months of the Civil War, and the town that she was in, Martinsburg, Virginia, which actually became Martinsburg, West West Virginia, and incidentally changed hands 37 times in the course of the Civil War. It was close to the Pennsylvania border. So there was a lot of action there. Anyway, 1st, 4th of July of the Civil War and uh, the Union soldiers have taken over the town. They have broken into a distillery and gotten very drunk and they are very rowdy and they're breaking into homes. And most of these women, their husbands have now left. They've joined up, you know, into the Southern Army. And she, as the oldest, has been left behind with a pistol by her father and told to protect the family. She has a a mother, a grandmother, a a very young brother, um, a sister slightly younger than she was. And and she hears the soldiers coming down the street and they burst into the house and they, um, you know, start breaking things and threatening her mother. She claims that she was worried about her mother's safety, Mm -hmm. but she did shoot a a Union soldier and and she killed him. That was sort of the beginning of her career. And it was one of the things that made her very famous in her day. It was a story that got a lot of um, play in the newspaper. It was pretty sensationalized.
0: And do you find that people have complicated feelings towards her because she was a part of the
2: Confederacy? Well, this is something that we're going to find out because the book has not actually been released yet. Mm-hmm. And I am I have very complicated feelings about her. She was hard to write about. I mean, she made me so uncomfortable and yet I had chosen to write about a real person who I thought was 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 very interesting, very complex, but I couldn't change the facts. I mean, she was a southerner. you know, she was a slave owner. She did briefly spy for the Confederacy, and I would change these facts of history if I could. Um, I would make her more likable. I would probably want her to behave a little better, but um, she, uh, you know, it's a real story, and you can't, uh, you can't deny the facts. Right. What was her relationship
1: like with her slave Eliza, right? Was that her name?
2: Yes. And I'm so glad that you asked this question because it's really the core of the book. Eliza was probably the most important person in her life. She was she was there when, when you know, throughout Belle's childhood, spent a lot of time trying to keep her out of trouble because, you know, she was always um, behaving foolishly and and they re- she taught Eliza to read which was you know illegal and they remained close throughout bell's life bell lost her home lost touch with her family she traveled everywhere and eliza was her anchor they wrote letters to each other up until a few weeks before bell died so clearly, there was something about this relationship that was very, very important to both of them. And um, I try to bring it out in the book by giving um, Eliza her point of view about what, what Belle is doing, but making it clear that there was nobody in her life that was more important to Belle than this woman who had been her slave. Mm. It's an amazing, uh, it's just to me, it's just such a complex um, relationship and it it lets it reminds people that our history is complicated. Yeah.
0: And do you feel that the genre of historic fiction kind of gave you a little bit more liberty when telling that story? Because, you know, the stories are true, but you know, you put in the conversation. So did that make it a little easier to explore their relationship and the possibilities of it?
2: Yes, it did. I, I definitely wanted to write Belle's story because I thought it was so interesting. At the same time, she is wanting freedom for herself. She is blind to the fact that Eliza wants freedom for herself and her family. So you have a woman who is uh, blind to racial equality, but seeking gender equality, You know, which, which is a, a, a very tense kind of thing. I considered writing it more as, um, as biography, but I wanted the liberty to, to leave out the boring parts. And I, and I also wanted not to like heavily footnoted it, footnote Mm -hmm. it. I wanted it to be a really rip roaring story because that was, that was the kind of life that she led. And I wanted to be free to, anytime I read something that she did, like, you know, some of the crazy stuff, like, you know, starting a knife brawl in a (laughs) Confederate camp. I mean, it's just astonishing. Um, this Southern debutante, you know, and I would read that and I think, oh my God, do I really have to write about this? (laughs) So there were some choices that I had to make, you know, what goes in, you know, what, what, what doesn't go in. But, but I wanted, anytime I read something about her that just, I didn't understand, I had to really kind of dig deep and try to figure out what her motivations were. You know, she, why would she have done these things that she did these outrageous things? And the best way to do that is, you know, through historical fiction, you know, I have no idea if I, some of the things, some of the thoughts that I said she had are thoughts that she actually had, but they were the best, um, the best things I could come up with in terms of explaining her behavior.
1: Right. And you said she's best known and people are most interested in her for being a spy for the Confederacy. But when the Civil War is over, she kind of has to get the hell out of Dodge.
2: Where does she go afterwards? What does she do? Right. She actually leaves during the Civil War because she has at this point been in a federal prison twice. She is banned from returning to her home and being with her family. And, so she, and she's already traveled all through the South. Uh, She went everywhere and she decides to leave the country. The war is still going on. The Union Navy has blockaded the ports. Her ship is captured. She is known as a someone who served the Confederacy. She is on her way to prison uh, again, but the Union captain who has captured her ship falls in love with her and proposes um, before they get to Boston, (laughs) And again, it's preposterous, but this really happened. Her story is like a, it's a soap opera. No, it really is. And
0: I, I think it's so fascinating that she is in these, I mean, wartime jails. I mean, we know obviously that guy fell in love with her, but were her experiences vastly
2: different from men who were also in prison, like prisoners yes, of war? Very time? different. Very mm-hmm. different. Uh, again, you know, gender was such a big thing then. And there was another Civil War spy who had also been in prison there. Um in the same prison actually where Bell was in Washington, DC, Rose Greenwood was her name. And they um and and she was imprisoned with her seven-year-old daughter. And this created a lot of sympathy for the South. They didn't think a woman should be in prison. They didn't think Mm -hmm. her daughter should be there. So when Belle was put in prison, she was treated very, very well. Um, And she wasn't held for very long because Lincoln was not anxious to um, have another incident of creating uh, sympathy for the South.
1: Mm. And when she leaves, she's in europe she's getting married she's writing a memoir like what is what is her thought process right then like i'm going to write about my life.
2: yeah, well, she did that because um her hurried marriage with this um husband um went bad very quickly um She got pregnant very quickly. her husband has returned to the states briefly, and while he's gone, she discovers that she's pregnant. Um, she really has no way to support herself. So the book is an effort to uh, to make money. She is kind of in desperate financial straits. And um, she knows that her memoir will be of interest to people. The war is still going on. And she writes a, a memoir that is somewhat sensationalized. She was always somebody who was willing to fudge the facts a little bit and put herself in the best possible light, but she did support herself and her young daughter after her divorce from this husband from the proceeds um, of her book. That was sort of her first career choice was to become a writer. Mm.
0: And then, I mean, she does eventually make her way back to the U.S. She becomes a stage actress. Was she well-received or was it kind of awkward her coming back?
2: Uh, Well, by this time, the war had ended and um, there had been an amnesty for anybody who had been involved in aiding the Confederate cause. Her family reception was a little uh, frosty, I think. Her mother was not, you know, because of, you know, going off, getting married, coming home with a child and getting divorced. I mean, she might have been the only woman in the state of West Virginia who had a divorce at that point in time, (laughs) nobody was divorced. And especially women didn't initiate the divorce, which she did. Um, So um, I think her, her mother was happy to see her, her sister less so, but again, she had the uh, decision. She didn't want to remarry and she had to support herself. So that was when she went on stage and initially her, her shows about her, uh, her um, exploits. In which she appeared on stage wearing trousers, and again, trousers on a woman in the 1880s. It was such a shocking thing. And initially, uh, the shows were very successful. But as time went on, um, the years went by, people had less and less interest in the Civil War, and she was poor for a, a period of time. And she also married her second husband, another unsuccessful marriage that produced a number of children.
1: Mm. I mean, she ends up though with a third husband who's 16 years her junior. Is she a cougar? That's
2: correct. That's correct. Yeah, he was an, uh, he was an actor for a while. He was supporting her and her son. She had her son still with her. Her older daughter, who she had had in England, she became estranged from Grace very early on. But she had her her son with her, and that was her second shooting incident. Her her daughter Grace was possibly in trouble. We're not sure exactly what that means from a young man. And she wanted the young man to marry her daughter. And when he refused, she shot him. Uh, so, this was I mean, she did carry a pistol in her belt for most of her life. Uh, and uh, there were at least two times we know of that, uh, that she used it. Anyway, so she married this younger actor husband, but He wasn't able to support them because he was young and not very well known, whereas people would still show up at her events in these different towns. But they traveled everywhere. Um, They never had enough money. And uh, she died in Wisconsin, of all places, far from home, hadn't seen her family in years. The women of the town of Wisconsin that she was in had to collect money uh, to get a respectable dress dress for her to be buried in mm. and the um and the union veterans remember she'd been a southern spy but the union veterans they they uh, they carried her casket There were you know muskets you know rifles you know military salute um because somehow before she died she had managed to present herself not just as a rebel spy but as someone who had um uh served during the war been involved in the war um but she symbolized the sacrifices and the losses of of both sides and they were willing to accept that and embrace her as that so she was a very symbolic figure hmm.
0: Well, it's also interesting. I love that. I mean, we're just scratching the surface of all the wild things about (laughs) Belle. So, we obviously want to leave some things for people to read. So, we would love to get into your writing process for the book. I would love to know what kind of sources you had to go off of. Did you have primary sources,
2: newspaper clippings,
0: diaries? What were you working with?
2: She was a wonderful person to write about, not just because she was so interesting and she did so many outrageous things, but. She wasn't that well-known, and yet there's a good amount of material about her. Mm-hmm. There's her biography. Um, there are her, her autobiography, her memoir. Uh, there are um, many books that have been written about her, some of which are not very accurate. But you read enough of them, and you can sort of find the commonalities. At the time, I was living in Washington, D.C., which is only about 50 miles from Martinsburg, her hometown, and there's a Bell Boyd house there, and a museum and an archive. And I was um, sort of allowed to root through the archives whenever I came up, and I found I found photographs. You know, the one where she um, uh, photographs. She she had, she was well photographed in her lifetime, and letters that she had written, and documents and the paper that um, that sent her off to prison. So a lot of primary sources and newspapers, um, and so forth. So there was really a rich amount of material on her. And, um, and a lot of it is, I posted a lot of it on my website, because I thought, I wanted to remind people, this is a real person. Um, And to, uh, you know, show them images of her and and where she had been active.
1: Now, as an educator, I love that you put in the back a whole bunch of discussion questions for people to use when reading the book or when bringing it to a book club. What are you hoping people connect with when they read this book? Because there's a lot of craziness in Bell, but what are they going to cling to as like, oh, that's kind of like me?
2: Yeah. I, I very much think of it as a as a book club book. I mean, she's a very controversial figure, and I think she will be really um, interesting for people to talk about. I would love it to be a book club book for like, I, I know there are mother-daughter book clubs, because I think that young women probably don't have any sense of how limited women were. Uh, in that time period, you know, how she couldn't, she couldn't, you know, put her legs over the back of a horse. You know, she had to ride side saddle, even though of course she refused, you know, so many other things that, that she did. So I I would like people to understand this as a gender story, most of all, but I also want them to understand that, you know, here's a woman who um, you can't completely like, you cannot get comfortable with. There are so many things that she did there that are awful, um, and yet, she really struggled to be her own person, and that was a struggle that women are still having today. Um, uh, and 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 she was doing this 170 years ago, so that that part of the story I think is astonishing. And I would also like people to to agree and disagree about their sense of the relationship between Eliza and Belle that that they were they were close in a in an odd. You know, twisted maybe kind of way, but it was a closeness that lasted uh, for Belle forever, and apparently for Eliza too. Um, so I think that that's something that should maybe just cause people to realize that our history about gender and race, in particular, is is very complicated. Mm-hmm. Now
0: we've talked about a few kind of areas of the book that you wanted to take special care with. Speaking of the relationship between Belle and Eliza, was there a part of the book that you really loved writing and loved exploring? And was there a part that you kind of had trouble
2: with and you just didn't even want to look at it for a while? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, certainly the slavery aspect was really mm-hmm. hard to write about. And that's why I thought it was very important to put Eliza right in the story. You know, she's the only character. Besides Belle, who has her own chapters and her own point of view, her own thoughts. I I loved, uh, we do know a little bit about Eliza. You know, she was married to Sam. You know, she did have a son. Um, Unlike Belle, who died in poverty, Eliza, her life was just the way she wanted it to be. Um, after the Civil War ended, you know, she was a midwife. She had a place in the community. She had a very successful marriage um, uh, and, and, you know, children and grandchildren and great grandchildren. Belle didn't have any of these things. I mean, you know, Bell's Bell's life started high and then went, and then, you know, went down from, from there. Whereas Eliza, after the Civil War, her life just continued to get better um so I really wanted to draw that contrast again as part of how complicated our history is um so I loved putting bells putting Eliza's voice in the story I think that that was important to me and I you know again it's it's hard to write about I mean here I am I'm an old white woman <laughs> and I'm, you know I'm I'm writing Eliza's story but I hope that I'm doing it in a respectful way and I hope that um And I certainly did it very carefully because um, I felt as if it was, um, I felt as if it's really important. I want people to know um, Eliza's story as well.
1: Now, just out of curiosity, I read about you and like your profile a little bit on your Amazon book profile. And it said that you have camped in Africa, driven across the Sahara, bicycled in Asia, and hiked the Alps. So I'm guessing you're a woman that doesn't like to sit still.
2: That's right. And my (laughs) husband doesn't like to sit still either. (laughs) Good, you're a perfect pair. (laughs) And I think that's one of the reasons why I, um, I sort of took to Belle. I mean, I, you know... Believe me, when I went off to camp in Africa with my husband when we'd been married for, you know, a few years, uh, my parents were not happy about it. Had they been able to say no, they would have. But, you know, in our day, you can do this, you know. And and Belle was just trying to do the same thing for herself. Uh, admittedly, some of the things she did were crazy, but my parents thought camping in Africa for six months was also crazy. Um, so I think, I think I do kind of identify with her a little bit. And it's one of the things that made it maybe a little easier for me to feel as if I could get inside her head. Yeah. Well, we just enjoyed this so
0: much. I know I felt so connected to Belle on those very same things. Like, you know, in the very beginning of the book, she's at this dance and she just doesn't want to stop dancing because she doesn't (laughs) want to stop moving and she's so active. And I like that people are judging her for it. And she's like, I don't care. I just like to dance, which I am also one of the only people on the dance floor wedding sometimes. Guilty. (laughs) guilty. (laughs) So I'm just so excited for people to meet Belle and meet Eliza and go out and get this book. So can you tell us when the book is coming out and where people can find it and find you?
2: Sure. Sure. Um, So the book comes out on June 8th. It uh, is available on, you know, all the usual places, Barnes and Noble, Amazon bookshop, which is the independent book site uh, that I'm trying to steer people toward. And my website is my name, ClaireJGriffin.com. I do encourage anybody who's interested to go and take a look at the website because there's a lot of really fun stuff there about, you know, women's clothing and, um, you know, little historical tidbits about um, women were using laudanum, which is a narcotic. That was available without a prescription. Um, and even though they couldn't drink, they had free access to opiates, apparently. And, um, and that's on the website. And Jefferson Davis's wife struggled Lincoln. with addiction. And, um, and wife. so did. And so did Abraham Lincoln's yeah. wife during <laughs> the Civil War. I mean, <laughs> this was happening simultaneously, which kind of blows your mind. Um, so anyway, there's some fun stuff on the website. Yeah, well, thank you so
1: much for joining us today. We cannot wait to share this with everybody, and we can't wait for everybody to read it.
2: It was such a blast. Okay, thank you so much. It was really a pleasure to talk with both of you, and I'm I'm glad that at least you have some warm feelings and can identify with Belle a little yes, bit. We can. <laughs>